Good morning. What's going on? Welcome to something a little bit new. Uh, this is going to be the Bass University Extra Credit Podcast. And uh, basically, guys, we appreciate everybody that's tuned in over the last five years, six years, however long it's been. We appreciate everybody that's tuned in, that's listened, that's downloaded our show, all the amazing feedback we get every time we go to an event. We have people that come up and say, man, we really love your show. Uh, we, we love listening to it uh, on the way to work. We love listening to it at work, guys on construction sites, all that stuff. So you know what? We decided we're going to do a little bit of extra credit, and that's going to be another podcast that we're going to put out for you guys once a week. Uh, we're going to start off once a week anyway and uh, see how things go. But anyway, I am your host-ish, Rich Leadbeater, a.k.a. Riz we may go into a little bit how that nickname came about uh, sometime down the road. But I say host-ish because I don't really know what the roles or the or the titles are going to be on this because pretty much we're just winging it. Like, that's pretty much how I've done my whole life. I'm just winging it. So here we go. We're doing it again. But we got somebody else on the show with us. He's going to be uh, on the pod uh, with us as we're going through this journey, and that is Justin, the former intern, current marketing assistant, Harant. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's up, Riz? Happy to be here. Happy to be doing this. Uh, pass you extra credit. Here we go. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. But um, so anyway, on today's show, uh, we are excited to be joined by Joey Nania. Joey just won a Bassmaster Open on Lake Eufaula. Oklahoma, okay, Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma. Don't be confused with Lake Eufaula, Alabama. Um, we'll call this one OE, other Eufaula, or AE, also Eufaula. Uh, Joey probably has a lot more time on Lake Eufaula, Alabama than he does on Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma, but he went down there and he got a win. Uh, it's actually his second Bassmaster Opens win, and it's going to bring him right into his second Bassmaster Classic appearance as well. He's a very accomplished tournament angler he's a host of a tv show sweetwater fishing tv uh, like i said he's been to two classics or he's been to one classic already this year will be his second and uh he just has a, a a really really cool program going on he's a content guy he's a tournament angler um so we're gonna be excited to talk to him but before we get into that let's talk a little bit of shop inside the room uh Justin, we decided going into this year that we were going to fish our Wednesday night elite series on the Upper Chesapeake Bay, and we were going to record content uh, from yes, from all those tournaments that we got to fish together. And yesterday, you got to dive into that content a little bit. Um, we, yeah. we 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 pulled out a dub in that in that first Wednesday night series. What uh what did you think about about our first event? We kind of had to shake around a little bit to make it happen, but what were your thoughts on it? You know, uh, it was just a classic bay, big little grinder. I mean, we caught tons of fish, but uh, it was one of those things where we really, I mean, shoot, we caught uh, that last frogfish with the last, what, 20 minutes in the night, and yep. we only won by a couple ounces, so. Yeah, you know, it was it important. That was, a, that, was a, that was a key fish. We kind of, we knew, when we were, we were actually thinking where we, where we were fishing, we were thinking that was going to be like, all right, we'll just catch uh for for reference it's a three fish tournament by the way uh wednesday nights are three fish conservation deal we don't need to keep bringing them all back every there's a lot of tournaments on the bay so 
it's a three fish tournament. We thought we were going to stay in that first little area and just catch our three keepers and then roll on. But one of those, you know, keepers that we caught in that area happened to be happened to be a four pounder. And that I think that kind of kept us there a little bit, a little bit longer. And, you oh, know, we sure. we had a we had a one two punch going on. Justin was getting to catch him the fun way on a frog. I was throwing a wacky worm. Yeah. Um, not that I, not that I mind doing that. It's a, that's a fun bite when there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of guarding of, uh, of fry going on as well as a bluegill bite going on in there, as well as, you know, some spawning fish still poking around in there as well. So we had a, we had a good little, good little one, two going on, but, you know, stay tuned to see some of that content. Justin's, uh, working on breaking it down, um, right now. And we're going to put it out on our socials, our YouTubes all that stuff so that you guys can kind of follow along and enjoy and see some of the fishing that we're doing this year on the upper bay, as well as all kinds of, uh, all kinds of other stuff. We're actually going to be taking a trip this weekend. Uh, we're going up to Lake Otisco. Well, that's the area it's on the finger lakes in New York. And we're kind of just going up spur of the moment, grabbing yeah. an Airbnb and, uh, and going fishing. Have you, have you fished in those parts before Justin? Uh, I mean, not really. I've, I've fished Lake George. I okay. don't know how close that is, uh, to there. To be honest with you, I wasn't even sure where we were fishing. You just texted me and said, <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? Want to get in New York? I said, yeah, I wasn't even sure where we were fishing. So yeah um, I'm, I'm ready to go but uh yeah my experience up there is lake george and uh cayuga and oneida those are the three in new york that i've really fished so i'm excited yeah. to get after some new waters yeah it should be should be fun i mean guys if you've been paying attention to any of the tournament fishing world cayuga was just insane last yeah. weekend for the for the mlf guys or maybe it was two weeks ago we had adrian on the show after he won there shout out to adrian avena uh local jersey guy tackle direct guy um he got a big win on cayuga but those finger lakes up there that region has just kind of been on fire um and uh so we talked to one of our buddies up there and we got a little recommendation on a lake to go check out and that's uh that's one of the smaller lakes of the Finger Lakes kind of the thought process there is is that since it's one of the smaller lakes and I haven't been there in a few years it should be easier to break down um but we'll see we don't really know we don't really know what we're going to get into we're going to record content the whole time that we're going GoPros on the boat the whole deal we're going to have everything uh everything outfitted but it should be fun so um Guys, this uh this new new show that we're that we're rolling out to you, the Bash University Extra Credit Podcast, we don't really have too much of an agenda on this. Like I said, I'm kind of just winging it, throwing something at the wall here, seeing if it works. And partly the reason why I decided I want to do this is because I enjoy getting to know our audience, or not our audience, our our. I enjoy getting to know our guests, right? And there's a lot more to bass fishing than just how to thread your trailer on a jig what line to throw what rod to throw that whole deal these dudes have stories you know and you know a lot of the guys come from very different backgrounds and to me that whole journey and that whole process of how different anglers get to the point that they are in their career 
to me, that's fascinating. And I really want to dive into that a little bit as well as, you know, go over our traditional Bass University ABCs of bass fishing as far as the details, the tournament wins, all that stuff. But it's going to be it's going to be a little bit lighter. Um, we we as you see now, we're not going live or as you're listening now, it's not live. This is pre-recorded. I'm pre-recording from the Low Tide Bar and Grill, a.k.a. my front porch in Red Point, Maryland. And, uh, Justin, it looks like you're you, – you you might be doing some of these from the Low Tide Bar and Grill as well, or maybe yeah. the – whatever you call the, the camper down the road or wherever you're at now. Where, where are you now? Yeah, so I'm in uh, Havertown now, uh, okay. you know. I'm all over the place lately. I'm in the camper – trying to catch some bass four days out of the week. And then, you know, <laughs> sometimes I want to sleep in my bed. So I got to shoot back, back home. And, uh, we're shooting, we're shooting out a, out of the little mini studio in Havertown here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, tell us a little bit. How, what, what got you, uh, into the whole bass fishing world? I know you spent a lot of time on the Chesapeake Bay. You fished in the, the legends junior club, but what was, uh, you know, how did you get into everything and kind of bring us to where you are now? Man, uh, long story, I guess. I I grew up, you know, on the bay. Um, I grew up in a, I mean, I grew up in Havertown, but, you know, everyone from this area, you know, it's like they go to Sea Hour, Ocean City for their weekends, their vacation. I went to the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, I grew up in, uh, people call it Hurricane big community hole on the Chesapeake. <laughs> uh, so it used to be a little, you know, trailer been a few fish in caught in there over the years. Been yeah, a few. yeah. A lot of fish caught in there and uh, used to be a little like trailer park type deal. Um, so I grew up fishing in there in that, in that Marina really uh, catching perch and, and bass and stuff. And eventually uh, we moved over to red point, which is right across the bay. And uh, you know, I, start catfishing and, and stuff like that. And when I was probably around 10 years old, uh, a lot of the people in our little community in Red Point would uh, go go striper fishing or rock fishing, whatever you want to call it. And so I, I learned to use, you know, some Zara spooks and stuff like that. And that topwater bite was obviously addicting for gotcha. me. Gotcha. Hooked. Hooked. Yeah. And then from there, I, you know, once – once the striper season was, was out of there and you couldn't catch them, I still wanted their top waters and stuff like that. And then, uh, a guy in the community, Ron Lutz, uh, took me bass fishing when I was probably 10, awesome. 11 years old. And he taught me That's everything awesome, I right? know. And years later, man, probably the next year after that, I was fishing tournaments with him, and then, uh, started doing junior club stuff with Brandywine and then eventually legends, all bunch of stuff. So, it happened fast, the tournament stuff for me. Um, As it should. Yeah. That's and now you're cool. working for the Bass University and doing a great job with it. Yep. And guys, um, by the way, if you send messages now to uh, the Bass University socials, you have a lot better chance of getting them answered uh, because Justin's handling it now and he's doing a really good job at that. So send us uh, send us some messages, man. Let us know what you want to hear us talking about on this uh on this show, on this journey, uh, we're, we're obviously going to continue doing our regular Bash You Lives where we actually go live and communicate with our people through the message board, that whole deal. This is uh, just going to be in addition to that. Like I said, it is called the uh, the Extra Credit Podcast. So, 
you know, that's kind of the um, the premise of what we're going to be doing, guys. We're going to be talking to talking to anglers, talking to guests. Doesn't even have to be pro anglers. Shoot, we might talk to we might talk to some guy from right down the road. You know, it doesn't matter. We're yeah. we we can talk to whoever whoever we want to on this thing, and um, just gonna have some fun, talk some fishing. Um, so yeah, like I said, guys, we have a uh, we have an awesome guest for today, uh, Joey Nania. He is a very accomplished angler um, on on many uh, on many avenues of fishing. He he's a he's a TV host. He's a Bassmaster Opens guy. He is a guide on Lake Martin um, or, or Logan Martin. In fact, the whole Coosa River chain of lakes down there in Alabama. He spends a lot of time guiding on there, and he does some awesome stuff as well with charity. I know he's involved with the uh, uh, fishing for warriors or um maybe might might not be fishing for warriors it might be uh the other one but anyway he's got a couple charity things going on so we're going to be talking with him in a few minutes just just came off of a win down there at lake eufaula alabama or not alabama lake eufaula oklahoma and he uh punched himself another ticket to the bassmaster classic um and he should be hopping on with us very soon here um but yeah, um, we're headed up to we're headed up to the Finger Lakes this weekend to go do a little bit of northern fishing. Uh, it's a rare weekend where there are no tournaments on the bay, and that gives me some freedom and some flexibility to roll and go somewhere else. So we're gonna hook the bass cat up. We're gonna go north, see what we can't get into. Um, should be fun. The fishing up there is usually pretty good. Uh, there's also a trail going on right now at Thayer's, uh, Thayer's Marine Trail is up on the St. Lawrence River this weekend. That's going to be an awesome tournament. Those guys are really, really going to catch them. Um, what else is going on? The MLF is getting ready to kick things off on Lake St. Clair right now. And after the MLF is at Lake St. Clair, the Bass Elites are going to be at St. Clair, uh, right after that. So, should be a pretty fun, uh, a f- pretty fun road in front of us here as far as the tournament fishing goes for the pros and for everybody else. I know a lot of uh, a lot of parts of the country right now are are really going hard on the tournament fishing. And uh, guys, we have a pretty cool promotion going on right now at Bass UTV as well. It's the Frog Days of Summer. I would venture to say that this time in June, this this kind of you know late June time. There's probably not a place in the country you can't catch one on a frog right now. You're probably Would you agree right with that, Justin. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about like I don't know much about like some of the some of the real northern places. But shoot, last week I was in Minnesota. That's about as about as far north as you can get, and there was a frog bite going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, from New York to Florida. You can yeah. probably catch one catch one 100%, on a frog, and 100%. you've been. You've been doing it here lately. You've you've caught yourself a few big ones on the uh, on the Spro Frog that we're yes, actually giving away. And um, guys, if you're not signed up for Bash TV, it's a great time to uh, to join the program. Um, you sign up for the Frog Days of Summer. What do they get with that, Justin? They get a Spro Frog yep. and a Bash Hat. Is that right? They get two Spro Frogs, thirty three percent off an annual subscription, and a Bashu Camo Hat. Bashu Camo Hat. It's actually one I'm wearing even though you're not going to be able to hear it you're not going to be able to see it because this is just audio recorded but yeah guys head over to bashu.tv get signed up for the 
Frog Days of Summer promo and get out there and start catching you some on a frog. But with no further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring on Justin. This is a two-time now classic qualifier, two-time Bassmaster Opens winner, co-host of Sweetwater TV, and just an all-around pretty cool dude. So, Joey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. How about you? Man, we are doing great. Um, we're, we're excited to be talking to you about some fishing and kind of get this get this train rolling here. Uh, how are you feeling? Where are you at right now? What's uh, what's going on post a big post a big open win? Um, so it was already planned before, you know, before this open every year, I take a two week vacation to northern Wisconsin with my family, uh, with my wife and my three sons, uh, Zeke, Eli and Noah. And so uh, we ended up we're, you know, we were planning on either leaving Friday after I didn't make the cut that afternoon and driving a couple hours and coming the rest of the way Saturday, or if I made the cut, doing the same thing for uh, Saturday. So what we ended up doing was having to pack the entire family in the car to go to the Saturday cut. They hung out at the boat ramp all day, and then I had to rearrange everything and uh, headed on up to northern Wisconsin. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm in a probably a 100-year-old log cabin in northern Wisconsin that has Wi-Fi, which is nice. So that's Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yep. you got you got you got pretty good Wi-Fi too. So, where is uh where is home for you, Joe? Where where are you normally calling station? I know as a as a tournament angler, you're kind of a gypsy. You're traveling all over the place. But where is home base for you? We live in uh, Pell City, Alabama, on okay. Logan Martin, and uh, you know Logan Martin is a great lake for versatility, and the whole Coosa River system is really cool. Uh, it's got, you know, from Weiss to Neely to Logan, uh, Lay, Mitchell and Jordan, that whole river system changes as you go down through Alabama, you know, the terrain changes and the lake changes, but you're chasing spotted bass mostly. And, you know, with largemouth mixed in. So I really feel like the skills that I learned on the Coosa river transpired really well at Eufaula in Oklahoma, which you wouldn't expect in Oklahoma Lake to relate, but it did. I mean, bass everywhere also in the South, especially eat small bait fish. And that's what I was imitating for the most part. Mm -hmm. So you're, uh, was this your first time at Eufaula, Oklahoma? Yes, it was. This was my first time. And I was yeah. not, I wasn't like concerned as far as, I mean, I was, I didn't know what to expect exactly, but there's YouTube videos and stuff. And every post you read is about someone catching a crappie or a white bass or a striper and, uh, mm -hmm. or a catfish and not a bass. Like there really doesn't seem like there's many bass guides out there. Um, and I, I just do my research on YouTube. What I saw though, was in one of the YouTube videos was a, it was like a pleasure boater that was doing drone footage of their vacation on you. Like you follow. And I saw how clear the water was and I saw there was big rock, nice and clear water. And I'm like, okay, if there's clear water, there's going to be fish deep, you know? And so I just needed to figure out what part of the lake that is. Obviously that's normally towards the lower end dam. And that kind of helped me narrow it down. But I liked that you follow was a blank slate where no one had ever, like not a lot of guys had been there, not the opens guys sure. that I've been fishing against for 10 years or 12 years had been there. So that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. And you, you guys yeah. were already at you Alabama this year, yep. right? It, it's kind of crazy that they went to two, two you The one is in your home state and you go out and win the one in Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I'd you, only been to you Alabama once in my life for like four. Oh, hours. really? Yeah, I, I would have I would have guessed that you had some time there, but nope. <laughs> anyway, that's still uh, that's still pretty crazy that you an Alabama guy goes and wins the one in uh, in yeah. Oklahoma. Oe, yep. how, how are you feeling knowing that you're going to be going back to your second classic, man? Oh man, that's incredible. I really I knew I had a feeling that that platform would come around again and I'd have that opportunity. Um, and the first time was such a wonderful experience, and I really didn't feel overwhelmed by it. 
Um, cause that's cause my heart was in the right place and I knew why I was there and it was for a purpose far greater than fishing as to share the gospel. And that's why I was there. And so I just enjoyed it. I really did. I got to soak in every second of it and love it. I didn't feel like I was in a tournament when I was fishing at the Hartwell classic. Like I literally was out there just having fun, catching them on a Ned Meeky and then skipping docks with a wacky rig and just enjoying myself. Cause I love like Hartwell. Sure. I'm excited yeah. to go to Grand Lake too. I mean, Grand Lake is a, is a beautiful place and it's a place. That a lot I, of history. Yeah, there's a ton of history there, and I've fished two opens there already, and I did good in one of them, and I think I finished 22nd, and then the other one I was there, I was in the top 20 after day one and then had a bad second day, but at least I know the river. You know, I know the lake. I can run it from top to bottom. Yeah. I've got that familiarity with it. Um, I just got to go figure out how to catch the five biggest ones. For sure. So you, you didn't, for, you, in your first classic, you didn't really feel like the the pressure of the moment. You, you It kind of seems like it was just more more you know just go out there handle your business you're there for a purpose you're there for a cause and it it obviously translated because you walked away in 13th place and made yourself you know a a, a nice chunk of change there in that first and so hey what's what's to go to the second one and just go ahead and win the thing right yeah i mean you never know and that's something if it's meant to happen i will and everybody that's at the bassmaster classic has the ability to catch five big fish a day i mean we're all they're all good fishermen and everyone in the opens is a good fisherman Um, it's just about going out there and if I can stay relaxed and do what I love to do and not overwhelm myself with the surrounding things, like you follow felt like vacation. I mean, the pre-practice, the way the classic works out, you go to a pre-practice period. And so we went and stayed in an Airbnb and it happened to be the most beautiful like Airbnb cabin thing I've ever stayed in right on the water, like just incredible setup where I could just relax and fish. And I got on a couple patterns within a day of practice. And it's when that happens, you know, it just it's kind of smooth sailing. Right. It was yeah, hard that's... to beat Christy, though, on you. Yeah. And if he makes this classic at, a, at the next classic at Grand. He's going to be a tough one again, of course. He really is. And he, uh, you know, he kind of started off slow this year in mm-hmm. the elite. He, he 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 had a he had a rough, uh, rough, rough, rough couple tournaments there at the beginning. Now he's he's bouncing back and. Um, you know, we're going to some places that he's got a lot of time. He's obviously won on St. Clair. He's got a lot of time on the St. Lawrence and on Champlain. So I'd imagine he'll probably be, he'll probably be at that one again, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. So what, uh, what got you to where you are now, Joey? Like you, you, you know, you're, you're a, you're a guide, you're a TV host, you're an open, you're a, you're a, you're a busy dude. Like what, you know, how did you kind of get going down this whole road? I actually, the, the TV show is no longer going, but that's okay. okay. It was, it was seven years of hosting Sweetwater and it was a wonderful blessing and led to a lot of great sponsorship opportunities. Sure. And I'd say that's the biggest thing in my career has been like every step of the way from when I was a 12 year old kid that wanted to fish junior Bassmaster tournaments. I told my dad, I said, dad, I think I can do that. Cause I grew up on a lake in Washington state. That's where I'm from originally. Okay. Uh, near Spokane, Washington It's called Liberty Lake. And I grew up on the water there. And I learned to love how to fish. Like literally when I was two weeks old, my dad took me fishing and waved a fish in front of my face. And I got to touch a trout on my dock. And, you know, I've been, I've really been obsessed with fishing my whole life. Like it has been my number one thing I've wanted to do my whole life. So when I wanted to get into bass fishing tournaments and do the junior bass masters, which I saw Bradley Roy win in 2004. And now you've seen where his career has gone. Sure. Um, I saw him win and I said, dad, I think I can do that. And so there was no youth chapter in Washington. So my dad got us into a bass club. He then started the first Washington state youth chapter. And I went out and I somehow won the first regional tournament, went to the state tournament at Banks Lake in Washington and won the state tournament. And 
then ended up going on to the junior world championships where Kevin Van Dam was my boat captain. And I won the junior Bassmaster world championship. My first year is like, not a bad draw. (laughs) I know it was like boat 48. I believe it was. Or yeah. maybe it was 42, but like every other kid had been drawn. And I'm like, man, I'm like, when are they going to call me? And I'm like, wait, Kevin's still available. He's like, huh. And then they call Kevin Van Dam with Joey Nania and a girl named Brittany Brown. And I ended up winning the tournament with one bass for one pound, four ounces. Grinder. <laughs> yeah. In nice. Pittsburgh, Where was that at? Pittsburgh, when Kevin won with 12 something for three days. Yeah. Yep. Makes, I caught uh, 10 fish that day sense. and only one keeper. And it's just, man. So you look at those things. I won two junior world championships and that led to knowing that I had, you know, having sponsor support as a young kid before the right. high school thing blew up. So it was kind of early. I was in the early stages of the youth movement. And how old are you, industry. Joey? I'm 32. Okay. Okay. So I've been fishing tournaments since I was 12. So that's 20 years of tournament experience. Um, but the biggest key happened when I was uh, 18, I was at the Bassmaster Classic in Pels- or in Birmingham when Kevin won in back of beeswax. And I met a guy who's an evangelist from Pell City and became good friends with them. Ended up actually getting saved the next summer, but ended up moving to the south and getting to Alabama. And when I made that move to go to Alabama, if you can fish in Alabama for a handful of years and learn every lake in Alabama, we've got so much diversity from the Coosa River to the Tennessee River to Smith Lake and Lake Martin. You follow, you've got like everything you would ever ask for as far as diversifying your, you know, your skill set. So that was a huge move. And then I met my wife within a few months of being down there baby's on the way within 11 months we have a kid and then i started working at bass pro and went to guiding after that and then everything's just unfolded in an awesome direction but there's been a lot of twists and turns along the way right god didn't put me on these platforms until i was ready to handle it either yeah hey well that's uh you know when the timing is right for things the timing is right and that's kind of how things go in tournament fishing too like when you when you get we, we say it all the time when you get that train rolling in a tournament fishing scenario where like it's going to happen it, it there's no stopping it like you're it doesn't matter if you break one off if you break your graph if your motor falls off you're going to win that tournament when it's meant to be and you uh you had that happen and unfold for you on on you follow we we talked a little bit about your research and kind of what you what, what you started to do to get yourself going down the road of all right how am i going to fish this tournament how did things unfold for you? What ended up being, you know, your primary pattern? What were you catching them on? All, all that kind of stuff. So I got on a pattern on day one of the tournament or day one of practice, throwing this little uh, Z-Man TRD bugs on a Ned head and fishing mm-hmm. it weedless. I call this Texas Ned. Miles Berghoff uh, sonar is the one that first started doing this. And I'm like, there's no way. And it looks really, you know, it looks like it wouldn't hook it, but elastic's so soft, the hook comes right through. And I got on a pattern throwing this TRD bugs. Like that's the most crawdaddy looking thing you can ever throw. When you see that in the water, it just looks incredible. Um, And so I started fishing it on rock veins and got a few keeper bites and ended up catching like 15 pounds on day one of practice. So that's the Saturday before the tournament. So I thought right away, I'm like, man, I like you follow Oklahoma. This is all within two miles (laughs) of the, yeah, it's like two miles of the ramp. And I just had 15 pounds of bites and I was feeling good about it. And so I knew there was a good population of fish around there. Um, and apparently everyone else figured that out too. And so I really, once I had that area, I wanted to branch out, but I didn't want to go too far. You follow Oklahoma. When I looked at it on the map for the last six months, since the schedule has been out, it looks like giant, like moose paddles, almost, you know, it's just crazy looking like it's just these weird fingers and these arms. And I couldn't even like break it down in my mind to try to think about going up the North arm and the Southeast arm and, and all that stuff. And then down to the dam and those big creeks down there. 
So once I found fish by the ramp, I wanted to break the lake down and make it fish small and make it seem like it wasn't a big, huge lake where I wasn't spread out and trying to decide, do I go left or right or straight? And so I learned from the ramp down to the dam. And then I learned Longtown Creek, which is in between the ramp and the dam. And that was more than enough water to fish. I'm looking for 10 bites, technically, you know, I'm looking for 10 bites to make the cut or to get a check. You don't need to learn the entire lake you follow from the dirty water to the clear water. I just wanted to break it down. And I kept getting enough clues and had confidence in the areas I found that, you know, at least I was around fish. I just needed to figure them out better. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned you were fishing rock veins a little bit. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like kind of just do your best to describe what a rock vein really is and kind of what how it sets up. Yeah. Lake Eufaula is full of sand and it's full of rock. But a lot of the time, the rock doesn't extend very far out into the lake. Um, right. So what I was catching them on on the first day of practice is the veins of rock or the fingers of rock that actually extended out off the bank, not just into six feet of water or, you know, 50 feet off the bank, but they would continue out a good ways. And right. so you could just idle down the bank and side scan and see it's like, OK, there is a patch of rock. It's like, are they natural or man-made? Uh, I would believe they're natural. It's got okay. a, it looked like natural rock. Yeah, it's I'm okay. 99.9% sure it's all natural. But a lot of the rock would end like it would come down into six feet of water and that's 20 feet off the bank. And then there'd be no more rock, which was really weird. I thought there'd be rock everywhere, you know, just looking at it. But there's a ton of sand. And anytime you could find a piece, a patch of rock stuck out farther into the lake, that was a place that was just an obvious gravitation for the fish to get on. And I figured that out the first day of practice. But that pattern was terrible for me during the tournament until the final 30 minutes, honestly, like it didn't Uh, work in the tournament. Final 30 minutes of which day? Of the turn of the final day of the tournament. That's when I only, I caught my only two keepers of the tournament on that first pattern I found on the final 30 minutes of the tournament. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Did, did you need those fish to fill yeah. out your limit or, or were they just kickers? I had 12 pounds and I had a, a four and a half pounder in the bag or a 460 something, a really good one. But I had 12 pounds and I had a 153 and like a 183. And I weigh all my fish as I catch them. I weigh them and tag them and uh, put them in the box so I am really quick at culling and it takes an extra 10 seconds 15 seconds and it's a smart thing to do for me it works but I needed you know I felt like 12 pounds wasn't enough I knew 12 pounds was probably going to be top three and I'm very grateful you know I was like hey if I finish top three that's a great tournament but I knew if I was meant to win it was going to have to happen by the ramp and so I needed those fish I culled up almost four pounds with two bites and I won by a pound and a quarter Wow. So yeah, it was wild, That's man. Awesome. It was unfolding with my co-angler watch or my marshal watching, and we're talking through this, and it's like he knows what I have and what I need, but I didn't, and I'm praying about it and talking to him out loud about it, and then it happens like bam, bam. It was just yeah. it was wild. So what other patterns did you have going on? Because that one didn't really unfold for you. You must have stumbled on a few more things. Yeah. So my very favorite way to fish, and the way I've weighed in 75% of my fish this year is with what I call the Ned Meeky. And that's the Z-Man mm-hmm. Streaks 375 with the finesse-sized jig head. And it's just okay. a very natural, lifelike presentation. And I'm really good at fishing with that. It's my one of my very, you know, my most confidence baits these days is that. And that's what I got. You throw that a lot on the Coosa River? On yeah, the I catch box. spotted bass year-round on it, on brush and suspended fish and fish on the bottom on deep schools. Yeah. Um, when I was filming Sweetwater a few years ago, I caught a five pounder at Pickwick in a school of white bass on the bottom, flushing it in the current and keep give it, getting it under the white bass to pressured bass that didn't want right. to eat big stuff. So it's a bait that I've used a ton in the last three or four, really five years. Um, but that pattern opened up on the last day of practice 
I started catching some on it on deep brush piles. I had already found a bunch of brush throughout the week, but I hadn't got many bites on it with a hard head and with a drop shot. I just couldn't get bit by it on them with that. And so when I found that pattern on the trees, I called some fish up and I called up a couple small keepers. I called up like a three and a half pounder that I teased it over the pile. A big one came out of it. I watched him come right up to it and eat it. And it was a three and a half. So that was a good clue, but that's with two hours left in the practice period. Like I was a lot of dead time and you follow right. kind of with my butt. Like I didn't have a ton of confidence in practice after practice. Uh, I felt decent about it, but that's a hard lake. Like things you found on one day wouldn't work the next day, or you'd have to fish a different place. Like you couldn't go back to the same place twice and catch fish very often. So the brush pile deal opened up with the Ned Meeky. And then I also found one deep school. So I had one deep school bass where I could get bit out there. And that was what actually that place ended up giving me five of my fish. And I found that place with 30 minutes left in practice. Um, so it was a pretty amazing spot. Yeah, that's that's amazing to hear how that how that unfolded. It, it, it always seems like in the, the tournaments that you win like that, like you always find something at like the last the last hour, like the last hour of your practice period. Like, you know, for, for me, a couple of years ago, I I was fortunate enough to win a win a bfl super out here on the bay where i live and um the winning area it was storming all day long like it was we were running from thunderstorms nonstop the entire day and i had my buddy with me and i said we got to keep going we got to go back out and like we were running from these storms and everybody had already gotten off the water and we went out and we found this one little stretch with like an hour to go yep. and it ended up being like the holy grail like it was like it was crazy it was it was like the deal for the for that week but it's when you find that it's you're, you're going to become you're really going to become tough to beat i have i have a couple questions for you about that ned meeky is that still a straight below the boat type of deal like you're you're just dropping straight down on them no i every single fish i caught and every single pretty much 90 percent of the fish i catch on a ned meeky i cast it so I'm okay. fishing it like you would a swim bait. I'm fishing it like you would um, any other, like, I mean, I, I'll throw it where people are throwing Alabama rigs, honestly, like, right. but I'm and live scoping forward, with it. Forward facing type. Okay. So yeah. you're scoping yeah. with it. You're, yeah, you're watching when I first started, it. Yeah. When I first started fishing it, all I had was a regular Ned head. I had the normal Ned locks jig head. And then I had the streaks three, seven, five, like five years ago. And right. so what I would do is I would throw this out and I'd, I'd either drop it vertical under the boat with 2d sonar. Or once I started catching them on an underspin or something in the winter um, or got bit on a swim bait and I knew I was in a basin or an area that had a lot of fish, I would throw it out and I would tight line it. So I just sling it out there, let it touch bottom and pop it up and hold it with a tight line and just slowly lift and let the bait pendulum over the bottom. And I used right. to catch a ton of fish tight lining. I didn't know it was called tight lining until Otto Defoe told me that. He's like, oh, yeah, we've been doing that for 10 years at, at, uh, <laughs> at Douglas or whatever. You know, Douglas <laughs> and Cherokee, it's called tight lining. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that technique worked really well. But when Z-Man came out with the finesse eyes, I got to get one of the first prototypes. And I was there when they introduced us to it at one of their pro meetings. And I was very fired up because it was already one of my favorite sneaky ways to catch them. But when you put that jig head with it, um, that's got the little concave uh, head right there, too. It makes it swim really good. It looks right. more natural. So I was fired up when they came out with that entire setup. Yeah. How does Z-Man just keep coming out with like, it seems like they're, 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 they're nonstop coming out with baits to just flat out catch them. Is that a wood chipper in the background loud or no? Okay. You no, can't hear I, the off? All right. No, cool. I can't hear it at all. Justin, can you <laughs> okay. hear it? 
No, I, I can't okay. hear it at all. Wait, I just want to make sure I can go in the cabin if I need to. No, but, uh, you're, you're you're good, man. You're good. I would say Z-Man is a is a very blessed company. Honestly, like the owner of Z-Man, Jonathan, is an amazing guy and he's a great family guy. And they've been very, you know, successful in business and other avenues. Um, his team underneath them is a an amazing group of people from Daniel Nussbaum to Joey Prakoska, Ryan Harder, Shane Clevenger, um, got Glenn Young, a guy that's been in the industry for a ton for so long. Um, and I'd hate to even miss any of those guys because they're so important to me. But these are people that know this industry. They're also family, pretty much like Jonathan and Daniel and Joey. They all grew up together, um, like down the road from each other. So these are people that have known each other a long time. They work well together and they just keep on working and keep on. They love what they do, you know. Like right. they're always looking for the next thing. They're very open and easy to work with and talk to. It's just, and I'm not even just trying to like toot their horn. Um, I hope, I hope they <laughs> like, I love those guys, but it's just, it's true, man. That company. Has How long just have you been the with them? Up. How long have you been with Z-Man? I guess it's been over eight years now uh, from the okay. first year of Sweetwater. So, and when we first got with them, they, their plastic lineup wasn't as deep. You know, it wasn't even a quarter of what it is now. Yeah. Um, the chatterbait had already hit. And it was like, okay, I love their chatterbaits already, but things just have gotten better and better to have such a home run with the elastic plastic and have the Ned rig be the, you know, really the chatterbait first, but then the Ned rig set it off. People started getting confidence in Elastec and it's been a perfect storm right. of that company just growing and continuing to advance and making systems that work. Like if you buy the Z-Man Streaks 375, you should buy the Finesse Jig Head. Or if you buy the TRD Bugs, you should buy this ned rig jig head or the extra wide gap ned locks jig head like everything they have is a fit, you know they want to match things up and it all works really well together and it just once you get confidence in it it's special stuff yeah it it, it seems like the uh so here here's a dirty little secret for anybody that's listening to the show not all guys throw all their sponsor baits like newsflash like Guys are throwing what's what they're catching them on, and like yeah. everybody does. I'm sure. I'm sure you do it to an extent too, as well. But like yeah. one thing that I can honestly say, and this is this is 100 truth, the Z-Man guys that that I've worked with and we've shot with and we've we've you know I've just been fortunate enough to fish with. They use so much Z-Man stuff. Like it's it's yeah. crazy. Like it's it it's stand out like far and above like some of the other ones but anyway that's just that's no, just a true. little yeah it, it really it, is it, it really is they, they they have done just an amazing job at, at putting out some awesome awesome yeah. baits awesome products and they're uh they're working for you and you 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 got yourself a win and that yeah. that puts you in ninth place joey for the uh for the aoi uh standings in the opens this year how many how many spots did you jump up at at ufala I jumped up a uh, whopping three spots with a first place finish. How does that happen? <laughs> Why, like, what? Dude, it's wild, man. These guys are so good. Um, yeah. I mean, John Garrett is incredible, and, and Milliken's <laughs> obviously a great fisherman, and you got Trey McKinney, and yep. I, like I said, you hate naming names, um, but all these guys are just really good. <sighs> so you've got, I think you have a perfect storm this year, the way they changed the format that sparked a lot of excitement. Um, people seeing an opportunity to get into the elite series and make a name for themselves. And then you have me that's been fishing the opens for 12 or 13 years. And wow. I'm very content with fishing the opens. Um, I've missed the elites by an ounce before and by 10 ounces before. And by just, you know, a few pounds another year, you know, just a couple points another year. 
like the year that Wheeler and Mark Daniels Jr. and Connell and them all made the elites. Um, I missed it by, I was in like, I think seventh or eighth in points that year. And so it's been, you know, if it's meant to be, and I'm meant to be on the elites, I will be someday, but I've looked at every year. I didn't make it as an opportunity to keep getting better. And so I've really, I've paid my dues now with like, I think 60 tournaments or almost 60 tournaments, but I've done it in a way that didn't cost me six arms and two legs, you know, like fishing the elite series does. So, Mm -hmm. um, the opens have been a great platform for me and for my family. And if I continue fishing the opens, I make a living fishing, you know, I would love to make the elites, but I don't feel pressure to make the elites. I'm not like chasing my dream of making the elite series. If I'm meant to be on the elites, I'll make it. But my dream or whatever, what I wanted to do was I wanted to fish for a living and then to be able to do that and to have a platform to glorify God and fish for a living. I have zero complaints. I even love my guiding business. I love guiding people and influencing them on a daily basis, personal fishing time on the water and teaching. So, I mean, I have no hurry or rush to get to the elite series. Whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you're, you're very fortunate to have, to, to, to be in the position you are with that yeah. mindset, because, you know, honestly, a lot of people just simply don't possess that ability. They, they don't possess that ability to kind of live and, you know, not to take a quote from Mike here, but fish the moment. And, yeah. you know, I think that, 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 that you're, your outlook on things is probably allowing you to have a good, a good part of the success that you're having because you're so you're, you're, you want to win, obviously, like you want to do well, but you're, yeah, you're not like looking at it like, Oh, if I don't cash a check in this tournament, it, it's over. Or if I don't yeah. make it to the elites this year, it's over. You're, you're, you're just doing the best with, with the hand that you have, the situation yep. that you're in, you're making the most out of every, every opportunity you get. And that's a, that's a really good place to place to be. How did you yeah. set yourself up to not be not like you mentioned the, the financial aspect of it? How did you set yourself up to not have such a financial burden as far as the opens are, are, are concerned? Because mm-hmm. it carries a lot of, of finances with it. Like we talked about Oh, uh, I think it was maybe a few weeks ago. The the expenses on an elite series guy, and then the expenses on an opens guy, they're close, man. It's it's really tight, and and so, but you've you've found a way to 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 make it all work. How did you do that? Um, it's just been a natural progression, and I'm not a lazy person. Um, I also have kids, and God knew I needed kids to kick my butt into gear. So I have three children now, and that was all planned. I mean, I I wanted to be a dad, and I was a dad young, and so I've always had to work hard to provide for them. My wife is a stay at home mom and wife and tra- we travel everywhere together. And it's just been amazing how it's all worked. But the guide business was really, there was a time where the guide business is what supported me. Now that branched into the, I was already fishing professional tournaments. The TV show opportunity came up because I was a good speaker. And I met Tom Rowland who hosts saltwater experience. And he gave me the invite to possibly do the show. Um, and so then that all worked out and getting to be, you know, really great friends with Miles Berghoff with Sonar. I mean, we're best buddies. And so that whole thing happened and that led to better sponsorships. So the longevity in the sport and the naturally progressing and taking advantage of every aspect of the sport of fishing um, from making a living guiding 200 days a year when I had to do that to now guiding maybe a hundred days a year and having more time to make videos and work with my sponsors and fishing more tournaments than I've ever fished before. Um, but doing it all as a family unit with my wife. And then we're, we're smart with our money. We're good stewards of what God gave us. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. 
And I mean, they're first and foremost with my money is tithing it, honestly, giving back to God what he's given to me. And he'll, you'll never outgive God. I've seen that first and foremost, like firsthand. When I started giving to God, I started getting way more than I could have ever imagined. And that's not why you give, but that's just a result of giving. So it's just been incredible to see it unfold. And now I honestly look at tournament winnings as a bonus. So if I get a check in a tournament, it's a bonus. And that's because of this great sponsor support I have. Right. Uh, at, you know, and the guiding I have. I don't just go home and sit when I'm not fishing tournaments. I'm working and I'm working right. five days a week. So, you know, I, I do it all and I keep on going and I'm not going to quit guiding just because I want another tournament, you know? Right, right. It's a bonus. That, yeah, that, that, the guiding, honestly, that, that keeps you, I mean, that progresses you as an angler. Like, you know, I, so, you know, I've, I've guided a little bit over the last few years. And, uh, the one thing that I picked up on really quickly is it is way harder to guide than it is to fish tournaments because yes. it's not about finding fish that I can catch. Yep, it's about finding matter. fish they can catch. <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's a really big difference. But like that, you know, that, 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 that it helps you find groups of fish. Probably it, that probably just catapults you into like, okay, all right, there's a, there's a couple bites here, but over here I can get 25. Yeah. When I when you're guide, you got to go to the, the the school where those guys can get 25, and they could just dangle a worm and yep. put a couple in the boat, you know. Yep. And for and for uh, the tournament fishermen, that's valuable, you know, being able to being able to find those schools and and identify those areas where during the slow periods where maybe your, your big fish aren't firing. Oh, well, I can go over here and fill out my limit and keep yep. the keep the bite window going. And um, you know, that's I think that's, all, guiding, that's all really good stuff. I think live scope is like guiding with live scope. If you can teach somebody and coach them into catching a fish on live scope, then that means you're really you know, good at live scoping. And right. I mean, like I, I have, it's hard to walk somebody through it. Like it's not easy. Live scoping, once you get really good at it, it's a, a blast and I'm, you know, I like doing it and I'm very good at it, but it's one thing to do it yourself. Like you said, it's another thing to teach somebody else to do it and coach them sure. through a bite catch. Cause it's not as easy as it looks, as you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's been a huge blessing for me to be able to learn and get better every day and spend hours and hours and hours looking at fish and looking at right. lure, looking at how they behave. Like I'll watch fish on a deep school now. And I used to picture them down there on the bottom, sitting there in the current on a TVA school or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now you realize those fish are like running routes underwater. Like they're running off the ledge and then swooping around and pushing things up against it, coming up the ledge and then coming back down. Like they're not sitting down wild. there. They're, they're hunting. It's wild when you get to see all that. It's wild. Yeah, it really is. You uh, you were using you were using the live scope this this past week at at you follow you won um you know throwing you threw you were throwing a Ned Meeky a little bit. But what else is your uh, what else is like your wheelhouse stuff, uh, Joey? What what mm -hmm. if you could pick one way to fish? Like and you're like, oh man, this bite's going on. I'm in a tournament and I just found this pattern look out guys i'm gonna to be tough to beat what is what is that for you i honestly love it all i you know yeah. that's a boring answer but i love to live scope and have deep stuff um you can't lose the fundamentals of feeling the bottom and detecting you know feeling the bottom feeling the bait along detecting a bite and setting the hook and i like teaching that on my guide trips too um one of the coolest things is where i guide every single day i guide throughout the year we'll catch fish in two feet of water and we'll catch fish in 22 feet of water and everywhere in between so that's made me very versatile but one of my favorite right. things to do is, is to flip. And on my YouTube yeah. video from Lake Wheeler, on day one, I caught 19 pounds just the last tournament we fished. And it was in the top 10. And I caught a lot of those fish. I caught some on chatterbait, 
And then I caught him flipping and I'm super accurate at flipping and I love left. I flip with my left hand. So I'm super quick and uh, really, really fast and efficient at flipping. God gave me bendy wrists. So I'm really, really good at this. <laughs> I'm quick. <laughs> yeah. And so I love doing that too and plucking things apart. And when you're versatile like that and you can find multiple patterns um, from scoping to flipping to skipping and everywhere in between, you have an opportunity if you can mentally rein it all in practice smarter, not harder, and then just go out and do what you know you know how to do. Because everyone knows right. how to catch fish. But there's a big difference in being a great tournament fisherman and just a great fisherman. And so that's an aspect that I feel like I've kind of grasped because of my relaxed mental attitude um, over the last several years. Nice, nice. So you got uh, you got five tournaments down. You got four left to go. I believe you guys swing north now, right? And you uh, yeah. and then you finish up down in Florida. What do you, do you have three up north or two up north? Or what do you got coming up? We have St. Lawrence River is the next one. And then we go to Watts Bar Ooh. and uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I hear that's a real, <laughs> a real gem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a hidden gem up there, Watts Bar. But I was actually kind of looking forward to Watts Bar on the schedule just because I like tough tournaments where right. you know, grind it out and catch them. But um, – yeah, then we go to the Lake of the Ozarks, which okay. I'm really excited about that one. Right. So this is crazy, but I've never been to St. Lawrence River. I've never been to Watts Bar. I've never been to Lake of the Ozarks. And I've been to Harris Chain a bunch, which is the last one of the season. But yep. I've never been there in October. So, okay. And I've already been to Eufaula, Alabama, which I'd only been to once. Eufaula, Oklahoma, where I'd never been. And Bugs Island, where I've never been. Yeah. So, like, How'd you do with Bugs? I finished 20th. Okay. Not okay. every single one of them on this. <laughs> Same deal. I did. Yeah, wow. they were spawning on stumps and they were guarding fry on stumps. And I was hover winding and teasing them, uh, tickle winding them off of stumps. And I would yeah. just, I sight fished all day and caught them all on that. But nice. um, yeah, it's crazy. This season has been unfolded into a bunch of tournaments where I've never been to these lakes, which is kind of right. rare. You know, the Open's changed up a lot this year and which is yeah. exciting, but I'm just going to keep, it going I mean, it's working. You're going to places that you've never fished before and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're coming out of there with, with high finishes. It's, uh, you know, some, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's part of the deal of what's going on. You're going in with open mind where maybe a lot of the, maybe a lot of your competitors have been to these lakes before and they have preconceived notions and we, we kind of yeah. know how they can, uh, how they, how, how that can hurt you. That's, um, <laughs> you know, I, I thought you guys were going to be up North twice, but I guess, you know, you're only, technically up there once for yeah for oh lake of the ozarks is kind of north i guess you know yeah it's, it's north central so right right and uh yeah the next one the next one is the saint lawrence man that's a uh that's a special place it's yeah. um really is are you, are you there in july or yep we're gonna be here in wisconsin for another uh three weeks and then we drive from here to new york and spend you know the whole time there fishing that open there and i've it's july i think july 20th or something so it's you know mid to late july um i feel like it's probably going to be a little tougher than all the history you see about that lake but it's going to be amazing you know it's just yeah. i'm so excited all that history on that place will make it very very interesting and i'm just yeah. ready to go catch some big giant smallmouth heck yeah heck yeah i mean every every year that the, the weights up there are just crazy and it's like mm -hmm we're thinking like, all right, this is the year where we're going to see a drop. There's going to be a little yeah. bit of a decline and there never, there never is. They just, That's they just keep getting better. And it's probably a combination of things between the forward base and sonar between just the general progression of anglers. But dude, honestly, the fish up there, they just keep getting bigger. Like the, <laughs> those, those gobies, man, they like, they're, they're just, they're growing like 
different than smallmouth yep. and and other places like even just just right across the road at champlain like champlain's an amazing fishery and you catch a lot of fish but the weights from champlain compared to st lawrence compared to even st Clair and all the places yeah. with the gobies those fish are just it's it's insane mm. it's like so mark zona said he's mark zona said several years ago it's like those smallmouth are like us if we just ate cheesesteaks and wings and fries every <laughs> single day yeah so, we'd be looking uh, you'll, full. we'd be full. yeah you'll 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 definitely uh you'll definitely enjoy that one man joey if if people want to find you or people want to get in contact with you what uh what do they got to do to get hooked up with you for guiding when, and where can they find you on all the socials um i'm so i'm joey fishing on uh instagram facebook and all that stuff uh it's just joey fishing and then on, I've got my YouTube page, my Joey Fishing YouTube page. And as far as guiding goes, uh, they can go to my Joey Fishing website. It's it's joeyfishing.com. And uh, a lot of Joey Fishings here, I know. Nice. <laughs> a little repetitive. Yeah. But, it's yeah. all right. It's, it's well, simple. I mean, that, that makes Hard it easy for people to find you. Just Joey Fishing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. real simple. <laughs> I've got a contact request form on there on my Joey Fishing website. And then uh, I'm working on the YouTube videos right now. I'm trying to balance vacation time and editing and uh getting all that done so i posted my day one video yesterday it's on my youtube page and then i'm going to be dropping the rest of them in the next three or four days uh the day two and day three videos so they'll be coming out soon very cool well i got a question for i got a question for you joey so justin and i are going to be headed up to the finger lakes this weekend um it's a rare weekend where we don't have tournaments on the chesapeake and so we're like Let's get in the truck, go four or five hours and go fish for some northern strains. But we're planning on recording content. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're we're kind of just like we're just jumping into the we we do a lot of YouTube stuff for Bash University, but we're we're kind of jumping more into some of the lifestyle stuff and just like recording us going fishing, having fun. Yep. You got any advice for us? Yeah, man. I <laughs> I I'm very tricky, like careful about it. Like I don't want to just get to where I'm always have a camera running and mess up my family time and stuff like that. Right. But there's a way to naturally do it, and uh, there's a way to do it and have fun. But, yeah, just just be yourselves and don't look at the cameras, you know? You never look yeah. at the drone. That's rule number one. If the drone's flying, you don't look at it. Why? <laughs> what, what is that? I don't know. We always used to say that in Sweetwater. Don't look at the drone. It looks like Is it bad here. luck, or what's the deal? No, man, we just, like, Sweetwater was kind of more of, it, it was supposed to be more of a lifestyle fishing okay. show. You know, it was real fishing. It was us going fishing for a day and figuring them out. Um, and right. so we just. We never, we didn't really look at the camera much and talk to the camera. It was them capturing our day in a natural way. Um, and then we did towards the end, we would, you know, had the GoPros and stuff going and would talk to the GoPros some, sure. but yeah, man, it's fun to share every little moment. Yeah. And uh, as long as you got the technology to do it and uh, yeah. you can just go have fun and fish and share what you go through. I've yes. been sharing the ups and downs of the opens this year through my YouTube page. And okay. I've been... Yeah, like even this tournament, not knowing I was going to win, the little footage in between, um, like even the morning uh, little social media updates I did, just talking about the day before and what I was expecting on the day, the next day and where my right. heart was, that kind of stuff brings it all full circle when something like this yeah. happens. It's cool to have all that documented. That's that's awesome. Well, we appreciate the advice and uh, we, we, we really appreciate the time that you gave us here today and kind of walking us through uh, walking us through your journey, walking us through your win. Um, one last question is if you, if you, you make the nine, are you going, are you going to go to the elites? Yeah, I definitely will. Um, if I make it, I've got, like I said, really great sponsor support. 
and I'm 99.9% sure that I would have the support to make that jump. And that's one thing I'm really grateful for. If you fish, like if say you fish the opens one year, you don't have the sponsor support, you make the elites. It doesn't mean just because you make the elites doesn't mean you're going to go get all the sponsor money you need to fish it comfortably. Right. So right. I'm going to need my sponsors to step up and I believe I have the foundation to do that. Um, and good. so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about it now. If I, if it took away from my family and risked my family being, com- you know, having the comforts and having food on the table, I wouldn't do it or risking our house. You know, I'm not going to do something crazy, but I believe we'd have this, the support from my wonderful, loving sponsors <laughs> to get that's, us to the next level. That's awesome. Well, Joey, we wish you good luck the rest of the way. We hope to see you on the elites this year or on the elites next year. Keep doing what you're doing right now. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be an issue for you to get there. And uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes today. I appreciate you guys. If it's meant to be, it'll be. That's right. All right, Joey. Well, good luck. We'll talk to you again soon and we'll we'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good one. So guys, that was Joey Nania, um, a, uh, a well-spoken man, a grounded man. He's seems like he's got a, a really good uh, head on his shoulders. He's got a, a firm uh, belief that allows him to perform the way it does or the way, the way that he does. And uh, man, another live scope specialist, mm-hmm. Justin, it's, it's crazy or forward facing sonar in general. I mean, they're all so good right now. The, the live scope and the, and the act target and the hummingbird mega live. I got to be on, on boats with with all with I've I've been on boats with all three brands now and they are all really freaking good now like there's no there's no more like oh this one's way better than the other now they're they're all three really good and uh gosh it's just turning into fish catches and a changing changing how these guys fish for them man yeah it's uh it's crazy it really is it's like some of these guys just got so dialed in with it so fast and it's mm-hmm. uh it's impressive how they're using like you know that little rig that he was he was showing the and the Ned Meeky and that little uh Z Man uh little fluke style bait on that jig head. It's yeah. uh I mean ten years ago people would throw stuff like that, but it's just like now with live scope, it's uh it's crazy to see how different techniques come out to help catch fish and stuff. Right. Like that, but. Right. And, and finesse. It's like, there's yeah. such a, there's such a big, you know, there's a, there's, there's a big resurgence of finesse fishing and putting big fish in the boat with finesse fishing. And, yeah. but then you got guys like Ben Milliken flying in the face of, of all that shout out to Ben. He's a buddy of the show, but he goes out and he catches giants on the opens using his forward face and sonar throwing glide baits that are yeah. longer than my screen so yeah. you know it, it it really is amazing tools using these forward face and sonars learning how fish react learning how uh different you know different species react and and everything else in between i'm hoping that we get to do a little bit of forward face and sonar fishing this weekend where we're where we're rolling up to it uh it should be should be a fun time go up there and catch some fish and uh gather some more content for the bashu waves but uh guys thank you for tuning in um it's been it's been fun uh we're gonna keep gonna keep these going keep this bash university extra credit podcast rolling along here and uh thanks for everybody that's listened and downloaded over the last however many years five six years and uh you guys are the real mvps you guys are the reason that we get to do 
these kinds of things and uh we get to keep talking about fishing so we appreciate your support and let us know who you want to who you want us to hear from you can send justin a message on the socials and he will uh get it over to me and we'll set the guests up but until next time i'm riz i'm justin and this has been bash you extra credit (laughs) we'll see you later